0: We are so grateful that you are joining us today. We as a community pray that the Lord would refresh you as you hear today's message. If you would like to support and further the work here in the city, please visit us at www.oasischurchchicago.com or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Now, here's Pastor JP with today's message. Good morning. St. Patty's Day, right today? Happy St. Pat's Day. I don't even know what that means, but... So good you guys are here. You're grateful to be here today? Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Such a powerful time of worship. I'm just so grateful that we have such anointed uh, worship in our church. I'm very grateful for that. Um, Worship can be your weapon. I mean, I've been off two weeks. I know that. Um... Let me try that again. Um, You know that worshiping Jesus can be your weapon. Worshiping Jesus can break down prison walls. It can unlock uh, prison doors. It can make your feet feel firm. It can remind your soul that it is well. Worship can be your weapon. Guys, don't worship Jesus just on Sunday mornings. Worship him Monday morning. In fact, worship him a lot on Monday morning. Hello. Hello. If you're like me and you don't like Mondays, guess what? I need to turn the worship music on a little louder Monday mornings. I worship Him on Tuesday. I worship Him on Wednesday. I worship Him on Wednesday night at a prayer meeting. Hello. I worship Him on Thursday. I worship Him on Friday. I worship Him on Saturday. I worship Him every single day that I have breath in my lungs because it is only my breath that comes from Him. It is not me breathing. It is Him allowing me to breathe. So guess what? He is worthy of all my breath and all my praise and all my adoration. Y'all quiet this morning? like, man, it's back already. He's yelling, he's screaming. Had two weeks off, and it was such an honor and a privilege to have Pastor Amoris Crawford here last week. Anybody enjoy Pastor Amoris? Come on, yeah. If you weren't here, check it out on the podcast. He's a dear friend, and then uh, Andrew spoke the week before, um, giving me and my wife some space uh, to enjoy our son, who's here um, this morning. He's, he's listening in. Uh, to his first sermon ever from his dad. Actually, it's probably like his fourth. I've already been holding him, giving him a lot of messages, and um, preaching to him. And he's already learning how to say amen, so uh, catch up with him, guys. Um, (laughs) Kind banter. They're like, I don't like coming to that church. He just makes, he just pokes at us. I'm just kidding. It's all love. We're wrapping up today, though, um, our established series. If you haven't been with us, we've been walking through the book of Colossians, and uh, I I pray that it's been helpful, I pray that it's, it's, it's built some deep roots in your hearts and in your minds. And if you weren't here, you can go listen to them. But uh, we've gone just kind of as best as we can step by step through the book of Colossians. And in all reality, in my opinion, I think this is one of the meatiest books that Paul wrote in the New Testament. There's a lot there. We could spend half a year, a year just on this book, just walking through it. But we've tried to hit some points of how our life can be, should be is called to be established in only Jesus Christ. Thank you. Our lives are called to be established only in Jesus. What was, uh, who we were before is dead. Who we once were is dead and gone when you receive Jesus Christ. And now you are no longer established in the things of this world. You are established in a kingdom that does not end. It does not fade. It doesn't run out. His love doesn't just, uh, hey, you know what? Today I don't got enough love for them. His love remains. His love remains. Throughout every situation, throughout every trial, throughout every circumstance, his love remains. And if we can remember that we are called to be established, Paul writes to a church that was was very influential, and it, it began to lose its influence because it became smaller than all the other churches around him. But Paul wrote specifically to this church and said, no matter the size you are, Hello, I'm preaching to somebody in this moment right now. No matter how big the platform you have, no matter how big the reach you have, you matter, you're important, and remain established because if you remain established in the kingdom of God, you're going to go do things and you're going to go experiencing things that you never thought were possible. Look, they made it in the book. A lot funnier in my head. So you remain established, church, in order to maintain this relationship with Jesus Christ. Stop listening to the voices. Stop listening to the lies. Stop listening to the false teachers. Jesus only. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man can enter heaven except through Jesus. So Paul preaches this message. And he preaches all these things, and he leads us up to this last installment today. And uh, I pray it encourages us here this morning. It's Colossians 4, 2 through 6, and I entitled it Established. A little more instruction. <laughs> A little more instruction to tie this one off here. Colossians 4, 2 through 6. You got your Bibles? Let me see your Bibles. Some, cell phones are up everywhere. How many single people in this room? Put oh, your hands up. Keep them up. How many brought their Bibles, single people? Men that are single, let me give you some advice. Highlight your Bible. Write in your Bible. So the person next to you that's also single, that's a girl looking at you, she's like, wow, he's super spiritual. Anyways, uh, Colossians 4, 2 through 6. Can we read this together? It's going to be up on the screen here. Continue, Paul writes, steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us. Paul's moving throughout this this world. He's preaching the gospel. That God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. How many of us know we need to pray that the word continues to go forth? Guys, we need to pray that the word continues to go forth. That I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. I love that scripture. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of time. Let your speech, hello, always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Man, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer each person. Father, these are your words. I pray, God, that you just give us clarity, Holy Spirit. Open up ears to hear. Open up minds to receive. We love you. We thank you for your word, that it's true, that it does not return void, that we can hold on to the promises. God, strengthen our spiritual muscle right now every person in this place, God, awaken them, strengthen them, love them, show them that you love them today. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, come on, and everybody says, come on, can we give Jesus a little shout of praise on this St. Paddy's Day? Come on, we can do a little bit better. Established a little more instruction. If, If you're like me, you've had friends that have asked you to do something for them. And there's been people in my life constantly that have called and said, hey, can you come do this for me? Or, hey, can you come help me with this? Or, hey, I need you to watch this or, or help me in this area. And, and they, whether that's like going and setting up furniture from Ikea because there's 40,000 pieces of it and you don't know where they all go. Somehow, some way, I end up with extra pieces. I don't know. Whether that's some guy calling uh, when I was younger and saying, hey, I need you to come cut my grass. And I'm like, cool, I'll come cut your grass. He's like, I'll pay you 20 bucks. I show up and I'm like there ready to cut his grass for 20 bucks. And he's got a manual on how every line should be in his grass. And I said, I didn't sign up for four hours of cutting grass. I signed up for 40 minutes. Hey, there's times in life where people have asked me to do a lot of stuff. And another time was I was just about 24 years old right out of college. I wasn't a dad yet. Um, and my buddies had, had their first kid. And they called and they said, JP, my wife and I would like to go out for like two hours. Can you come over and watch our son? I said, sure. <laughs> it's good practice. Could be the harm. They said, cool, can you come over an hour before we leave? Yeah, I'll come over an hour before you leave. Are you going to feed me? Like, what's going on? I love food. I'll come over for an hour. And they said, yeah, just, just come over. And I go over and I show up. And they begin to talk to me. They begin to share all the things that I need to know about their son, which is good. I would do the same thing. But they go through step by step. This is how he eats. This is how you change him. Never change the diaper up until that point. Praise God for that. Uh this is how he goes to bed. This is how he does this. This is how he does that. Can you handle this, JP? I was like, yo, I got this. I'm good. I can handle this. And they said, yeah, by the way, we we have a little bit more instruction. Yo, you just gave me an hour of instruction. They said, yeah, we have a little more instruction. I remember they handed me this like notebook. And it looked like uh, an airline pilot notebook, like how to land a plane. It was, like, thick, and they're like, hey, here's some further instruction in case things go haywire. I said, yo, I just did an hour orientation. Like, like, what could go wrong? And I remember flipping through the book as they left, and I'm reading all these things about what their son needs, or if this happens, this is what you do, or if this goes off, this is how you do this, and I'm reading all this stuff going, what did I get myself into? How many of you know, though, in the midst of babysitting, the thing that I actually needed for this kid was found in that manual. Oh yeah, the exact thing that I needed to help soothe him because he was crying and I didn't know what to do was right there in the manual. The further instruction, the little bit more, almost like the PS, JP, this is how you accomplish this. I I love that Paul kind of puts a bow tie on the end of this book of Colossians and he says, hey, church, I've shared a lot with you. I've I've told you how to avoid false teachers. I've told you how to not listen to the lies of the enemy. I've told you how to live. I told you that the desires of the flesh of the past are gone and you're walking in new life. I told you how you are made alive in Jesus Christ. I told you all of these things to encourage you. Am I preaching to somebody here this morning? He says all of these things and then chapter 4 comes around. And he says, hey, I got a few more instructions. Just got to leave you with a little bit more. Paul, you left us with a lot. Like, like, just to read the book of Colossians is a lot, but, but but, Paul didn't think that it was enough for us. He said, hey, I got a few more steps. Anybody thankful that the Bible's practical? Yeah. Hello. Anybody thankful that God's word, yes, there are parts where you have to read it over and over and over again. You're like, what in the world is going on here? No? Just me? Okay, cool. I read the Bible sometimes. I'm like, that was in there? Um, and I study and I try to figure out. But I'm also thankful that the word of God is practical. That Paul writes letters that, that Jesus' words were practical at times. That he didn't make it difficult for us to understand. And at the very end, Paul writes these words in Colossians. And he says, hey, church, you need to figure these out. You need to get these deep within your heart. Paul wrote all this stuff in the first couple of verses, chapters. You know, last week, or two weeks ago, Andrew said something so profound. He said, you know, guys, and I want to just say this because it was so important. He said, your behaviors should match your identity. Let me say that again. Your behaviors should match your identity. You identify as a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm not asking. They're not asking. Jesus isn't asking for perfection. What he's asking for is faith and obedience to walk. Your identity, if you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, should match what Paul said about the old life being gone and the new life coming. Therefore, putting away sexual immorality, lust, desires of the flesh, evil, anger, resentment, bitterness, rage, envy, strife. Put all of that to death and start walking in the new life. Guys, if your behavior patterns, I don't... Jesus is not in the business of just transforming behaviors. He wants to transform your soul, okay? So when he, trans- this isn't in my notes. I got to just preach here because this is really quiet this morning. When Jesus transforms your soul, then your behaviors follow, right? So if he saves you from the old life, he doesn't say, I've saved you from the old life. Live the old way. He says, I saved you from that. Do you- Let me say it this way. I've never, like, almost drowned before, Right? But if I was drowning, because I didn't know how to swim, and someone saved me, do you think the moment that I got out of the water, this is going to help somebody, do you think the moment I got out of the water, I'd be like, you know what, I'm good, and jump back in? No! no! Some of you are like, I would. I would totally do it. So, so if, you, if you've been saved from drowning, why would you jump back in the pool? And Paul is saying, hey, church. Today, more than ever, we need people, young people, old people, the in between people. Hello. We need you to live in the new life, not the way you used to. Your behaviors should match up to who you identify as. <laughs> Guys, I had two weeks off. I've been up since five, sipping coffee all morning, IV right in the arm. <laughs> But your pattern, the way you walk and the way you talk should identify to who you claim to be. Don't claim Jesus when it's convenient. Please don't. You know what he says about that? I don't want to say it. He says he spits you out. He spits you out of his mouth. He would rather live, just go live all the way over there or just live fully for Jesus, not perfection, not getting it always right, but getting back to the feet of Jesus Christ every single day saying, I need you, Jesus. I desire you, Jesus. Transform me, Jesus. So Paul writes all this stuff. And then he says, hey, I got some more instruction for you because now you don't identify as the old life. Now you walk in the new life. And this is how you continue to walk in the new life. Can we jump into these? I got three points. We're gonna worship. We're gonna pray for some people. This is helpful this morning. We gotta grow. We gotta grow deeper. The moment you stop learning and growing is the moment your life is done leading and going forward. That was really good. I want a button just like, amen. The moment you stop thinking that you don't need to grow or learn anymore is the moment you stop living. We all need this every single day. Guys, if I came back to church next week and the week after and the week after and I preached the same message, guess what? It'd be helpful. We'd learn something new. It'd be great. So we gotta learn. An established life in Christ is a devoted life. In order to stay in this, we need to remember this. A life that is filled with prayer is filled with power. Every moment matters. Staying established doesn't take days off. Every moment matters, and you are what is in your heart. Three things, okay? The first is this. For a little bit more instruction, Paul writes this. The first thing is this. Your prayer life keeps you filled with power, and everybody says. Come on. He writes in verse 2. He says, continue steadfastly in prayer. He could have written anything there. He could have said, continue steadfastly in community. Well, I just need community. Yes, we all need community. We're not called to do life by ourselves, ever. If you are doing life by yourself, you're isolated, and Satan can get you. But Paul doesn't write that after writing all this stuff about getting off the old self. He says, you need to continue now steadfastly in, thank you, in the back. The rest of you all are awesome. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it. These words are not there by mistake. Being watchful in it with thanks. He finishes his notes by saying, hey, prayer, hey, church, your prayer life matters. Your prayer life matters. I said this a couple weeks ago at prayer meeting. It's so important that you come to prayer meeting. So important. He says this, Spurgeon writes this, Christians' prayers are measured by weight. Hello, Vision Sunday, vision word, and not by length. Many of the most prevailing prayers have been as short as they were strong. Okay, so, so let me just give one second here. I, I'm not, Paul's not saying, hey, you need to spend 23 hours a day in the prayer closet. He's not saying that. Hey, he's not saying, hey, you need to spend every waking moment just getting in alone with God and just avoiding the world altogether. No, I'll get to that. But he's saying, hey, you need to be watchful of it. You need to be watchful of your prayer time and your, community, and your communion time with the Father. You need to guard it. Hello, you need to guard your prayer time. He's saying, hey, church, you need to have an unwavering prayer life. Is this helpful today? In order to remain established, you need to continue to talk to the Father. If Jesus did it here on earth, then how much more should we? People say to me all the time, pastor, I don't gotta pray. I'm like, okay, cool. That's a valid point, but, but, but help me. Tell, me. tell me why you think that. Tell me why you think you're, well, isn't God all-knowing? Yeah, he is. Well, that, that, that's why. And I, and, I, and I say to him, yeah, that's a good point. But can I, can I walk you through what the Bible shows us? How when Jesus came to earth as fully man, but still fully God, and he knew that he came to this earth to die for a sinner like me and you, that we wouldn't have to go to that cross, and he didn't stop there. He, he went to the grave and stole the keys of death. I'm preaching the gospel right now very, very fast. And then he said, that in that moment, you have life, and you have life abundant. Okay, so Jesus came to this earth. Gave up heaven for you. You know what Jesus did throughout earth? He prayed. We're getting there. He prayed. Jesus prays constantly during his ministry. When Jesus needed to make a big decision, like picking the 12 disciples, because that's a pretty big deal, who you have around you matters. Who you have around you matters. It says Jesus prayed. When Jesus needed to multiply the food for the 5,000, it says that Jesus blessed it and prayed for it. When Jesus was going to the cross, one of the hardest points of his life, probably the most gruesome thing he was ever anybody would ever experience, Jesus prayed. There's countless times of Jesus in Scripture praying when life got full, when the crowds and the masses of people surrounded him. Jesus would escape to pray. So if Jesus does this in his walk on earth, then I need to, and we need to. And Paul knows that. Paul says, hey, catch that. A powerful life starts in the prayer closet. That's a really weird word, pastor. I'm not talking like a tangible closet. Like if you have one of those, that's awesome. It's funny in my head, but Paul's saying you gotta get alone with God. You need to talk to God the Father. You need to be watchful of your prayer life because if you don't have a prayer life, you're going to miss out on your passions, your purposes, and the plans that God would have for you. So in order to know the passions and the plans and the purposes that God has for you, you get alone and you talk to God. You guard that time. You don't allow things to break it up. Yes, for instance, we just had a kid, right? Babies don't sleep very long. Figuring that out. And there have been moments that I didn't want to go and pray. I wanted to go take a nap. I wanted to go sleep. But you know what? I need to talk to my father so I can be a good father. I need to talk to my dad so he can tell me who I am so I can show my wife and my son how we're gonna live this life, how we're gonna have our home operated, who we're gonna be and what we're called to be. You guys cannot give up the prayer time. Paul says, pray, be watchful of it. It's valuable, it's important. Because guess what, guys? Satan, Satan wants to steal it from you. If he can get you distracted, he can get you missing out on a powerful life. If he can say, hey, you don't need to pray today, well, I just I just talk to God all day long. That's cool. You were thinking I was going to say something else. That's cool. Talk to him all day. But I could say I talk to my wife all day via text. Oh yeah, men. It's not real communication. Y'all real quiet today. Am I? Am I like? If I if I say I I love my wife and I want to talk to her, text messaging isn't going to be the thing that cuts it. I need to get face to face with her. I need to hear her. I need to allow her to hear me. I need to bring my stuff to her and she needs to bring her stuff to me. We need to communicate. So if it's the same way this, it's way more this way. And so he says, guard it. Have you ever had to watch something with your life? I worked construction for four years. Yeah, believe that. You're all like, no, you didn't. I did. I worked construction every morning, 4 a.m., every summer in college, pay my way through school. Me and my brother-in-law, actually, we were uh, given a truck and a bunch of tools, and we were iron workers, and we had a whole bunch of tools in the back of our pickup truck. And my boss would always tell us, guys, protect the tools at all costs. These are expensive tools. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No no, no doubt. We'll protect them. Well, one day we met up with our boss. He was talking to us, and he said, hey, you need to drive to this next job site. I'll meet you over there. Cool. My, bro- uh, my, my brother-in-law now at the time, he, he was just a, a buddy. We uh, went, and we Got some stuff together, and I looked at him. I said, yo, bro, you hungry? He said, I'm hungry. I said, the Golden archers are calling our names. <laughs> still under, I think it was like 9 o'clock. I was like, we got breakfast time still. He's like, we're going. We're going right to McDonald's. So we, we get in the truck. We just start driving to the next job site. We go through the drive-through. We get our food. We're sitting in the parking lot just eating it. Like, thank God he won't find us here. Our boss doesn't know where we're at. I was young. I was dumb. Don't take advice from that. And I remember driving and we showed up to the job site and we got there and and we go and we had a piece of plywood over the tools because we just didn't want anybody to see them. That's how we kept them protected. But before we left, we didn't check if there were tools there. And when we showed up to the job site, my boss is there waiting for us and we go and we lift up the plywood and there are no tools. And in my mind, I see flashes of like, there goes all my college money for this this whole summer. I'm going to be paying this man for the rest of my life. Like, I just started to panic, like bag, like, McDonald's bag, like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. My brother-in-law is, like, trying to think of something. Maybe maybe someone stole it at McDonald's. Maybe somebody did this. Maybe, we were, like, standing there, like, panicking. We started holding hands, having a prayer meeting right there, like, just, God, please bring the tools back. He walks over, and he says, hey, guys, what'd I tell you? We said, w- w- um, I, d- I don't know. He said, I told you to guard that stuff. What, what, what stuff? He said, lift the plywood up. We lift the plywood up. And you know, you just like, in that moment, like it all just goes red. You just don't see anything. You just, we said, man, we're, we don't know what happened. We stopped at McDonald's. <laughs> and we think someone stole them in the back of the truck while we were parked. And he was like, yeah, that's a real bummer. It's really unfortunate. And he says, come here. And he goes in the back of his truck. And guess what was in the back of his truck? All those stinking tools. <laughs> I had a heart attack because this guy wanted to teach us a lesson. And I forever remember that because in my mind, I'm going, how are we going to do this? I don't don't think Jesus is trying to steal your tools. I think Jesus is saying, yo, you got to guard this because it doesn't matter if the boss takes it or if someone else takes it. You need to guard this because something, anything is going to try to steal your time with Jesus Christ. So guard it with your life. Don't give it up. Don't give it up. It's so important talking to the father. So let me just give you a couple things real quick. Can Peyton come up and make me sound really good? (laughs) Guarding your prayer life guards your passions, your purposes. It protects you, and it provides provisional strength. But real quick, how do you pray? You know, like, Pastor, just give me, I don't know how to pray. First thing is this, be you. That was a really good place to say amen. Just be you with God. Talk to God the way you talk to whoever. Not the neighbor you don't like. Talk to God the way that you like, 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 be honest. But, but, but here's the thing. You, can, you want to write these down, because these are, these are super simple. But how you pray real quick, first off, praise him. When you start praying, praise him. Just say, hey, God, you're so good. God, you're so good. God, you're awesome. God, you're amazing. You're so good. Second thing, thank him. Thank him. God, thank you. Remember, Pastor Moore said last week, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Oh, it's quiet in here. Thank him. God, thank you for what you've given me. Thank you for the fact that I'm breathing today. Thank you for the job that I do have. Thank you for the life that I do have today, God. Thank you that you've saved me from this. Thank you that you redeem me from this. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And then you bring your petitions to him. Some of you are running to God, bringing your petitions more than you're bringing your praises. Doesn't work that way. So you praise him. You thank him. You petition him. And then you posture yourself before him to listen. Have you ever sat in the presence of God just quiet? awkward right you're like am i hearing god or am i hearing my stomach (laughs) like am i is that was that god's voice i i I think that was the more you sit and you posture yourself to listen the easier you're going to hear him because he's speaking and then after you posture yourself thank him again and then on the way out praise him guys i just gave you a prayer outline you need this because everything in this world is going to try to steal you from your prayer time don't let it paul says yo Guard it, protect it, be watchful of it in thanksgiving. Is this encouraging you all this morning? Guys, if you don't have a prayer life, I'm not condemning you. There's grace today. There's grace today. There's a new day today to start to live this out. Maybe it's five minutes. Maybe it's seven minutes. Maybe it's 10 minutes. Maybe it's an hour. Who knows, but start today. Don't miss it for today so you know who you're called to be. And then the second point is this, that Paul writes, make every moment matter. Verse 5, he says this, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Guys, look at me. If you call yourself a Christian, a follower of Jesus, every moment matters in this life. We will give an account for everything that we do and say. Let that If that's not convicting, when I stand before my father, he's gonna give me an account for everything that I do and say. Every moment matters. And Paul says, hey, you are no longer who you were. You are brand new. So guess what? Now you are a part of my kingdom. You're a part of my team. You are on my playing team. And now you got to go and do what this world needs. And that is to share the good news with Jesus Christ. So guess what? Make every moment matter with outsiders. Who are outsiders? It's not a word that's like, oh, they're outsiders. We're insiders. This church will never be about, we got the crew in here. Everybody else is out there. No way. It's all about everybody in this place. Anybody can walk through these doors, whether you believe in Jesus or not. There's some of you in here today, you're like, I don't even believe in him. Cool. You're welcomed. But he says, make the most of every opportunity with the outsiders. Don't waste a moment. Guys, we are wasting moments because we're not praying. When you pray, you get built up, you get strengthened, and then you can go and take the moments that you've had with Jesus out to the world that needs them. Guys, can we stop holding the world to the standard that we are held to as believers? Let me just, let me just, yo, the funniest thing was like when Starbucks did the whole Christmas cups. You know what I'm talking about? Y'all quiet. Y'all know because I've seen some of your Facebook posts. Oh, real talk. Oh my gosh, I can't believe they're giving up Christmas. Who cares? We're fighting battles that don't matter. I don't care if they don't have green and red and Merry Christmas on their cups. Guess what I do care about? When I show up to the Starbucks and the baristas across the way from me, and I say, hey, barista, how are you today? Why are you talking to me? Well, well, this is what I do. I'm, I'm good, yeah? Hey, you're doing an awesome job today. You're doing great today. Hey, do you know that Jesus loves you? I'm just going to, uh, Starbucks, never go in there, boycotting, yeah, that lasts for about a day, and then you wanted their lattes, and you went right back, <laughs> can we make the most of every, opp- guys, this is good news, I'm going to jump through my shoes, this is like the best news ever, can we make the moment of every opportunity to reach and influence the world around us, guys, when this happens, these chairs are filled, we have multiple services because people are flooding the door. I can't do it by myself. In fact, I don't want to do it by myself. We are all called to do this to make the ma- moments matter. Yeah. Guys, 24 hours in the day, right? Okay, That I mean, I know you're quiet, but like, <laughs> is, there, is there 24 hours in the day? Yeah. On average, some of you, not me anymore, seven hours of sleep, right? This is this is. Okay, I'm going to teach. Eight hours at work, right? Maybe eight to 10, right? Fluctuating. Some of you busy seasons longer than others, okay? So what's eight plus seven? Thank you, Alex. 15. What's 24 minus 15? (laughs) Thank you, Luke. Nine. Nine hours. Sleep, work. The rest, nine hours. I don't have time in my day to make make moments matter. I got to get home. I gotta get in my comfort zone. Oh, you don't know the day I've had, JP. You don't know what I've had to go through today. Guess what? I don't care. Sorry. I do I do care. Like I I, I, I wanna pray for you and I wanna help you. But are you more concerned about nap time than breaching your neighbor? Are you more concerned than stacking your bank account when you're sitting in the coffee shop working on your laptop to stack the bank account and the person serving you that's a barista and you can actually see all the hurt and pain on them, but you're so consumed with your bank account that you're not worried about the person that's actually standing next to you that's serving you coffee and is broken inside and could actually in one moment receive the best news ever of Jesus Christ because you tell them and you're not concerned about yourself because there's how many more hours left in the day? A lot. (laughs) A lot of hours. Every moment matters, guys. Every day. Well, I got to go on vacation. Cool, go on vacation. You know what? Me and my wife, this is, this is just us, just us. I remember going on vacation with her and another person. And I'm just this way. I start talking to everybody. She's she, like everybody. I, I, I like, I'm that guy that waits in the airport in the, sea, in the plane. See if they have their headphones on. If they don't have their headphones on, game on. You hear some preachers like, oh, I just get on the plane and I just need to sit and, and just, just let it all go and forget about the world and they're, you know, posting how they can play. Guys, I got an airplane ride with somebody that may not know Jesus. Yep. Guess what I'm going to do? Talk to them. Yep. So I get there and then we go on vacation and, and we're almost done here. <laughs> and I go on vacation and the first vacation we had, there was this guy at the pool. We're sitting in the pool and I just start talking to him. Next thing you know, It's an hour. And we're somewhere warm. <laughs> and I didn't apply much sunscreen. <laughs> and I'm sitting in the pool and I'm talking to him. And Rachel comes in and hi, hey, how are you? Good, good, good. And she's talking to him. She's this is the same way, but would it be no? And this is not a brat, please. Two hours. Four hours. Five hours. I get to talk to this guy, and I get to talk to him about how his family is and who he wants to be and who he's called to be. I'm on vacation. I take the pastor hat off on vacation. No, I wear the name of Jesus Christ on my heart. There's no moments too small. Guys, there's no moments that, 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 that don't matter. You walk out of these doors, you got breath in your lungs, those next moments matter. What you do with them, you will be held accountable for. So you can say, well, I can just stay in my room all day and play video games. Cool, do that. Or, you know what, I got to be at work all day long. Cool, guess what, while you're at work, be a light. While you're getting coffee out of the coffee machine, just look to the person next to them and say, you're awesome, Jesus loves you. And they may look at you like, what in the world did you say to me? Say it again. You're awesome, Jesus loves you. Is this, is this helping us? Man, come on up. Guys, because every moment, Paul says, matters. Make the most of every moment with outsiders. Can we not be a church that's just concerned about us? Well, I just got my chair in church. This is my chair. Every time, that's your camera. Every time, I didn't smack your camera, don't worry. Every time, I just, this is my seat. This is my seat, and I bring this person, and that's it. I don't want anybody else to know that I'm at church. I don't want anybody else to know that I'm a believer. I don't want anybody else to know how much Jesus loves me, because if they think that way, I'm a weirdo. I'm labeled as strange. I got an an arrow on my back now. Guess what? Who cares? Jesus loves you so much he gave his life for you. No one else has done that. So wear the arrow on your back. Let people know that. Is this encouraging you all? Stop showing up to church just worried about yourself. Why don't you bring five people with you next Sunday? Guys, I know (laughs) I'm Two weeks off, I should really like go preach to somebody before I come back home, but make the most of every opportunity. The third thing is this. You are what's in your heart. Your speech matters. This is important. We're going to close with this. Verse six. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Guys, what you speak matters. What you say matters every word that comes out of this mouth we will be held accountable for hello so when you want to get on keyboard killing time and you want to start telling everybody how wrong they are check your heart guys because what's in your heart will flow from your mouth so Paul writes this hey be good with outsiders but in order to be good outside, outsiders you got to talk to them well and in order to talk to them well you got to get into the prayer closet to pray to get your heart changed by God see how this all works practical So, we got to be able to speak. The first thing is this you got to have gracious speech with people. Guys, grace is getting something we never deserved. Hello? You with me? I'm almost done. This is my fourth close. (laughs) Gracious speech. Grace means getting something you never deserve. So, guess what we give to people? Something they don't deserve. Whoa, this should wake us up. Guess what we get to do with our speech when we pray this prayer? We give people something they don't deserve. And you know what that is? Kindness, love, hope, peace, grace, vision, purpose. I'm... We give them something they don't deserve because we have received something we don't deserve. Guys, this next day, tomorrow, today even, these next days, of uh, the coming days, watch what comes out of your mouth. Is it gracious? Well, you don't know what they said to me. Who, ca- who cares? That's the third one today. Who cares? <laughs> Guys, I, I've had some stuff said to me, and I'm telling you, I've had my fists clenched. And the old self creeps back in like, yo, we're doing this right here. <laughs> and I go, no, i got to be gracious with my speech. The way I respond to somebody could change their life. The one word that I speak could change their life. They're not mad at me. They're mad at themselves. Yo, stop taking everything so personal. People aren't mad at you. They're mad at themselves. They don't know what you know. They don't have what you have. You can't love somebody and give them gracious speech if you don't know how to love yourself. So you got to love yourself. How? Prayer closet. Second thing is this. Be seasoned with salt. I don't eat a lot of salt, but I used to. And it's good. I like throwing salt on some stuff. It helps, but practically, you know what salt does? Why Paul writes this, and Jesus even mentions it? Because the first thing that salt does, it removes stains. You know what you could do by having seasoned with salt speech? You could, remain, you could remove junk off of people's lives. Guys, this is good. This is one of the best messages I've ever, I'm preaching. <laughs> you could remove stains that have been on, hey, you've been abused, you've been hurt. Jesus is so good that he washes that clean off of you. You're no longer a victim. You're no longer who you were. It, what has happened to you doesn't define you. I'm going to tell you who you are. Season with salt, remove stains and junk. The second thing it does, it gives wellness. You ever have a cold sore in your mouth? I get them all the time. I got uh, Never mind. <laughs> got to get them burned off. It's awesome. It's like amazing. Salt water doesn't work for me, but it works for 99.9% of the population. When you're sick, you swirl salt in your mouth to get a cleansed mouth, a pure mouth. So it can help bring healing with the words you speak. The third thing that salt does, it eliminates odors. So when people walk into this place, and you know who they are, and you know where they were the night before, and they smell like the world, guess what? One word eliminates the odors. This is the church. This is is Jesus. Right here. So make sure that your speech is seasoned with salt. And then the final thing is this. Make sure that it's God-honoring. Make sure every response in your life is God-honoring. Proverbs 13.3, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. (laughs) Ah, Shut your mouth sometimes. Well, I have an opinion. Guess what? I'm closing with this. Rodney, can you come take this? I have an opinion. Yeah, you do have an opinion but guess what? You gave up your right to have an opinion the moment you gave Jesus your heart. We're just going to close in prayer because this is so important. The moment you gave your life to Jesus, you gave up your rights. Thank you. No, I still can can do what I want to do. I can still talk and I can still act and I can still be who I want to be. This doesn't build a church, guys. This message does not build a church. I can talk to however when I'm around those people, I can let those words fly. When When I can be around that group, I can talk about this person and gossip about that person and tell these people how crazy that person is. No, you gave up your right to be that way when you said, Jesus, come into my life. So guys, we need to honor God with what we say. We need to get along with him. We need to talk to him. We need to know that every moment matters in this life. Every situation that you are a part of is a God moment. Hello? God moments aren't just the times when you're in church service and you feel the presence of God. I believe God moments are the little moments that nobody else sees, that nobody else knows that you're doing. Those are the moments that are building foundations upon foundations upon foundations for your life. So guess what? There's further instruction. Take it. Run with it. Amen? You're grateful you came to church this morning. Can you pray with me today? Why don't you stand your feet? Bow your heads. Close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we love you. And today, Jesus, we lean into you. We lean into you, God, and we ask, God, that the words today that have been spoken from your word, God, that they would take deep root in our heart. That Father, our prayer lives would become so important, so valuable. We would protect them. We would guard them. God, I pray over every single person in this place at the sound of my voice, God, that they would encounter you in their prayer time. They would encounter your spirit when they are alone, God. They would be uh, strengthened and grow in you, God. That they would guard it with everything inside of them, God. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters, God, that every moment would matter, God. God, that they would not look at the small moments, God, and just think they're not important, but, God, they would take every day, every hour, every Every minute and trust you to use them God and I pray God in the name of Jesus for our mouths for what we speak God may it bring glory to you may it help may it heal may it build bridges instead of tearing them down God may it build up people to see who you've called them to be God so father we lean into you today we trust you today. God, you are more than enough for our lives. You are great and greatly to be praised. Come on church, can we sing this out loud? Can we worship him out this place today?